0: Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Each and every one of us at some points in our lives will no doubt doubt need shelter from some storms, maybe dangerous weather events or uh, times of uncertainty, stress, pain, loss. With this month's theme being vulnerability, we note that those times often find us at our most vulnerable, truly in need of shelter from the storm. The events of the past three years with the pandemic, at minimum, have shown us how vulnerable we are and hopefully may give us some lessons and reminders about how we found our refuge and helped provide it for others. But for now, let's stay with the maybe strange title of today's sermon. Those of us who have been in horse farm management for many years, have heard firsthand accounts of incidents regarding our worst nightmares. A barn fire in the middle of the night. We've heard about the equine behavior that is the hardest to explain. When rescuing horses from such a blaze, if you can get there in time, you dare not lead a horse from the burning barn and turn it loose and go back for another, because you're going to probably find that the horse you just turned loose will run right straight back into that barn. Why? Our best guess is that in their most severe panic modes, horses will instinctively seek refuge in the location most familiar to them where they have known safety, which is their own stall in the barn. Well, you may say that's a horse and no human would be so misguided, even when under extreme duress. And yet, literally, we probably wouldn't run back into a burning building in that manner, but figuratively, There's a story which opens a book by Unitarian minister Robert Foljam. Many of you are familiar with his bestseller, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. He wrote a sequel to that book in which he acknowledged that the title of the previous book wasn't quite true. There's a lot more (laughs) too, but But the book opens uh, and it tells of a... It's a story that gives the book its title. And it tells of a fire call at an apartment building Uh, And the rescue workers followed the smoke into a room where they found a man lying on a burning bed. After he was rescued, taken outside, and revived, he was asked how the bed caught fire. I don't know, he said. It was on fire when I lay down on it. Well, we don't know if our victim was completely truthful with that answer, but the point behind the story is that when seeking refuge while under duress, we do not always make prudent choices. Like the panicked horse, we are prone to return to familiar surroundings, even when, in the view of almost everyone else, we should know better. How many reports we hear of victims of spousal abuse who are offered sanctuary and safe quarters, but who return again and again to their abusive spouse. We're told of the proven likelihood of children of addicts or alcoholics to become addicted themselves or marry an addict or both. They should, we say with the wisdom of those looking on from the outside, know better. Familiar surroundings, even those with extreme dysfunction are somehow comforting to us, even when by all accounts, we should know better. And then there are other times of stress and duress when life throws us an unexpected mess or loads us up with burdens, long-term or short. And in those times, We have choices. Some of us read a little before bedtime to take the edge off of the day, while others take pills or a drink or two to help. Some of us take a walk in the afternoon after a rough day at work to let off a little steam while others bring their problems directly into the house, sometimes stifling their simmering anger until it boils over and is directed toward the family at home. Still others share their troubles with one another receiving care and respect from each other. We have choices. Then there are those of us who seek refuge from our everyday lives, sometimes from the constant pressure of work or lack of work, school, strained relationships, debilitating physical conditions or some combination of all of the above. Again, we have choices using mood-altering substances or exercise. Marital strain, breakup, or beneficial counseling. Career change, or continued boredom, or worse, in the workplace. In the thankfully rare extremes, some folks even resort to violence against themselves or others. Vulnerability. Now that's a pretty scary word at times. When we open ourselves to the vulnerability of letting our guards down, we also open ourselves to carrying some pretty heavy burdens. Where is your refuge from the storms life can bring? I'd love to tell you I've got it all figured out, but the fact is I don't and I never will. But I've learned a few things about where to look. You know, our first refuge inside of our mothers before we're born. And then as we grow up, maybe we find refuge in our room. The song that we heard earlier from Brian Wilson's often resonated with me, especially when I was a teenager. Then hopefully we grow up and we move out eventually. In our faith, we look to many sources of wisdom in our search for spiritual guidance. I have been a UU for over 16 years, officially, and pretty sure I was a UU for much longer without realizing it. One of the most powerful messages I've received here and continue to receive is that that we are not alone in our journey or our search for refuge. The words to our first hymn ring loudly. Building bridges between our divisions, I reach out to you, will you reach out to me? Friends, we could make such sweet harmony. Here are the words of Ram Dass, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who was a spiritual teacher, a psychologist, and known as a guru of modern yoga. He says, we come into relationships often very much identified with our needs. I need this. I need security. I need refuge. I need friendship. And all the relationships are symbiotic in that sense. We come together because we fulfill each other's needs at some level. Now notice he doesn't say that all relationships are equal or perfect. He uses the phrase at some level. At some level, our relationships define our our search for refuge based on our needs at the time. And we know that not all relationships last. We are constantly in motion in our lives. Some people move on, some move out, some grow in different directions, and yet... Still, we continue to seek refuge in relationships with others. We are building these bridges. We are doing the right thing by ourselves. According to the Mayo Clinic, friends prevent isolation and loneliness and give you a chance to offer needed companionship too. Again, it's a symbiotic process and we're all the better for it. Mayo Clinic further says, friends can also, among other things, boost your happiness and reduce your stress improve your self-confidence and self-worth, encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits such as excessive drinking or lack of exercise. These all contribute to overall health." Another quote from the Mayo, "'Adults with strong connections have a reduced risk "'of many significant health problems, "'including depression, high blood pressure, "'and unhealthy body mass. "'Studies have found that they are likely to live longer "'than their peers with fewer connections.'" And then there's this quote from Aristotle. In poverty and other misfortunes of life, true friends are a true refuge. The young, they keep out of mischief. To the old, they are a comfort and aid in their weakness. And those in the prime of life, they incite to noble deeds. May we delight and take refuge in our friendships, inciting each other to noble deeds. Go in going a different direction now, one you might suspect that I would move in. Here's another quote from uh, a respected source. It's the poet, the author, and dancer, Maya Angelou. Music was my refuge. I could crawl into the space between the notes and curl my back to loneliness. I love that. What a comforting statement. Uh, Many of us also seek refuge in music, whether we sing, play an instrument, dance, or listen to our favorite musicians. The author Victor Hugo said, music expresses that which cannot be said and on which it is impossible to be silent. And there's Plato who said, music is a moral law. It gives soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and charm and gaiety to life and to everything. May we, who find solace in music, continue to feed our souls with this great gift. May we sing together whenever possible and share this wonderful gift. So, keep that in mind when we're putting together this new musical. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'm going to go off script here for a second. I'm guessing a lot of you probably would feel uncomfortable if if you were asked to sing in four-part harmony but you just did a little earlier when, when we did the round. So that's how easy it can be. That's how much fun it can be. Maybe it wasn't fun for you. I'm sorry if it wasn't, but <laughs> it was fun for me because it warmed my heart. And also off script a little bit. My own musical journey has included singing cappella in, in organized barbershop groups for about the last 20 years. And, and I've done a lot of, concerts and shows with with large groups, and even won a medal last year in a competition. But the things I'll always remember the most, things like being asked to bring our quartet to a birthday celebration for a gentleman, who had Alzheimer's so bad he couldn't commute with anybody. Couldn't, uh, couldn't communicate with anybody. It's his own daughter. He he didn't know her. He didn't know anybody. He sat in total silence most of the time. And they wheeled him out for us to sing. And as we sang a song, we began to sing. His his head came up. And we got to the second line. He was singing along. Those are the kind of mu- the moments that that will stick with me the most, and I can take refuge in that. So, we have choices in our search for refuge, and we have seen that these choices may bring us peace, joy, companionship, and good health and happiness, or they may bring us addiction, strife, and frustra- frustration. We are by nature a vulnerable species subject to the vagaries of illness, injury, climatic disturbance, warfare, human cruelty, and on and on. But we are also an adaptive sort and we can choose safer pathways when we know better. I would suggest that we will be more successful in our search for refuge when we are more mindful of our needs and deeds and how best to seek safety. The greatest danger, greatest dangers often lie in the shortcuts. A mood-altering substance which in the short run feels good, but leads to ill health and worse. The excitement we temporarily gain from risky behaviors that inevitably rob us of health, wealth, and family. Whenever you can, ask yourself before choosing a particular path, will I feel good about the whole world knowing what I'm doing? Can I feel good about telling my parents or my children? Will this look good on Facebook? or the evening news. Will I be happy with this in a week, a month, or a year? If you can honestly and mindfully say yes, odds are you're choosing a fair and ethical path to refuge. Our faith calls us to respect the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Let that begin with ourselves, choosing the respectful pathways to refuge we can mindfully embrace. Our covenant calls us to help our neighbor, May we help our neighbors by offering shelter from their storms, by reaching out in friendship and giving what we can of our time and treasure. If love really is the spirit of this church, may that love guide us in our search for refuge and in providing it to others. Our prelude song told us that the answers to difficult questions are blowing in the wind. I think that's Bob Dylan's poetic way of telling us that we already know the answers but need to do the necessary work to make our world better. And it is not always easy. In Dylan's song that Dave sang, there's these lines. I've heard newborn babies wailing like a mourning dove and old men with broken teeth stranded without love. Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? These are the truly vulnerable he speaks to as we all are at some time in our lives. Let us give them shelter while we seek our own refuge. It is not hopeless and forlorn. There is shelter from the storm. At this church, it often begins with our caring committee. We heard more about that earlier and right on. I, it often begins with our caring committee or our minister. And many of us will attest to the healing power of our faith in our church. And I can personally say that those folks, and all of you, I'm sure, have been really helpful in, in times of need. We hope we will never experience a burning barn, literally or figuratively, but let us remember to help the vulnerable and in our own vulnerability to escape those flames and reach out for truly safe refuge. May it be so.